Okay, welcome back to Monday Morning Espresso. I'm Benj, and Gabby's here with us as well. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. So we're excited to jump into this topic of dreaming a little bit deeper here this morning, or whatever time it is when you are listening to this. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, you're so cute. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Gabby, yeah. tell us about what you want to tell us about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, today I wanted to talk about numbness because I see so much around me just people who have become numb to their dreams. Oh, I thought you said Mr. Tumness. <laughs> no, although Narnia really is a good metaphor for dreaming big, but maybe we'll touch on that another <laughs> time. <laughs> numbness as in like you're numb got it Mm -hmm. okay so okay i and really i've been seeing this more and more as i look around even we went to this um meeting a few weeks ago benj and i did and the other couples in this meeting we were all talking about purpose and a lot of them had so become just engrossed in and lost in the duties of everyday life that they kind of forgot to even think about what their purpose was and that's just one kind of example of numbness that I'm seeing in this culture and really what I have come to believe is that the enemy of our souls is determined to keep us from fulfilling our dreams and our purposes and he's determined to thwart those dreams that God has ordained over our lives and one of the biggest ways that I see him doing this is by causing people to become numb. And sometimes this happens with disappointment. Um, You have a dream, you are reaching for that dream, and something happens to you that makes it seem like that dream has died, and you're so disappointed, you don't want to feel that pain ever again, so you just become numb, because it's easier to not feel anything than to feel pain, right? Yeah. That, That seems to be the argument, but... What I want to argue today is that even feeling the pain of disappointment or the pain of hardship or the pain of betrayal, as long as you are still looking at Christ and allowing him to be the one that's walking you through all of it, I want to argue that that is better than being numb. I may have mentioned this already in another podcast, but my favorite quote of all time is called, "The glory of, is, The glory of God is man fully alive. That was St. Arrhenius who said that. And someone who's fully alive is someone who's going to feel everything. The joys, the sorrows, the comfort, and the pain. And someone who's fully alive, I really believe, is someone who also is able to feel the Holy Spirit really moving and working in his life. Um, I had a really interesting experience with numbness myself when I was living in China, this was almost, this was nine years ago, I think. Yeah, nine years ago, I was living in China, and so much was going wrong. China, I thought, was my dream come true, and I had dreamed of it my whole life. China is still the love of my heart, and after I graduated college, I moved to China, and all of these things started happening to me. I started becoming physically very sick, 
um, my teammates and I that I was there with, we started really disagreeing on a lot and our relationship began to turn sour and I was in so much pain physically and emotionally that I just shut down and I forgot who I was. I forgot what my giftings were and I just remember one day I was sitting in my apartment in China and I just said to the Lord, Lord, you know that I want a heart that's alive, but I just don't feel anything anymore. I have no passion. I have no drive. I've been too hurt. I'm just sitting here numb and I don't know where to go. And I remember the Lord clearly telling me, you need to get up and you need to grab a notebook and write down all of the things inside of you that make you feel alive because I am a God of life, not a God of death. Write down those things. So I sat down and I wrote this list. Now, Ben, you know me really well, but for those of you who don't know me, this list was very unique. (laughs) Sporadic. Yeah. So on the list were things like neon pink hair. I love when I have pink hair. I've had pink hair multiple times in my life. I kind of wish I did right now. You know that I have a box of purple dye sitting in our bathroom right now waiting for me to use it. I just have to find the time. Um, To the other things on the list included like international politics. Talking about, learning about, hearing about, reading about international politics makes my heart beat faster. I'm a total nerd in that way. So it was all those things ranging from speaking in different languages, to listening to ethnic music, to high top shoes, to uh, Asian punk rock hair. (laughs) Um, All of those things I put on the list. And then the Lord said to me, look at that list. That list is a tapestry of who I've created you to be. I want you to pursue those things and cultivate those things and become alive again, because that's the gobby that I made you to be. Those are the giftings that I've given you. And even the little things like pink hair, I take delight in your delight in those things. And when you start cultivating those things and you allow that kind of life to flow through you, then I can really work through you in the unique and powerful way that I created you, just you, to operate in. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'll never, ever forget. That was so powerful for me. Have you ever... Yeah, I had think, an experience like that. Well, I think you hit on a few key things there. And, and one that I just love is the simplicity of it. It doesn't have yeah. to be, you know, some great passion or, or something deep driving you on the inside. It's it's as simple as what you love, what makes you feel happy. Yeah. And God cares about that. And, you know, I think part of that is being who you are and, and the freedom to be who you are. Because... I think deeper in that experience in China was you found yourself in a circumstance and um, around people who weren't comfortable with the way that you were. Yeah. And you felt like you weren't free to be who you were. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of that, that numbness comes out of. But there are a lot of ways that we find ourselves in this place of just shutting down. And I don't think rarely is it done intentionally it's a subtle slow thing that all of a sudden one day you wake up and you wonder why you should even get out of bed or or what even is driving you that day and you wonder how you got there it's it's rarely something that you know we just decide to shut off it's Mm -hmm. it's a slow trickling and i think that's 
But it's happened to probably everyone at some point in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And whether it's driven out of pain, um, rejection, you know, harsh words from somebody, or even as simple as just the mundane life and yeah. and going through the motions. The day-to-day. Um, yeah. You know, for me, I think it was some of both. And I I think back to when I was in high school, and a lot of the transition from you know, or into high school, new friendships, um, just that coming of age time for me was when I really struggled with all of that. And it was both a, an issue of the mundane day to day, you know, where I felt, felt trapped and not free to do what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Education of course is important, so it's good, but at the same time it was, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And it was also nobody here accepts me for who I am was, was I think the lie and the way that I felt. And so that's, you know, where I find myself in that place of it's easier just not to feel, but at the same time, there's grace there and there's mercy. And that also is the time when I found my deepest roots in my relationship with God, Totally. because that's where I felt the most. That's where I felt alive the most and that defined who I am today in being able to dig deep in that and so it was key to not just shut down and shut off and say you know I don't care I don't want to do anything or or think about anything but I found one little piece and I remember the song that I would just play in my room over and over on like max volume I'm sure my mom was like (laughs) what's going on there that just it was just that trigger in my heart when I come home from school, shut the door, blast that song over and over on repeat. Um, and, and the words were just all rest in the shelter of your love. And that oh, to me was... I used to listen to that over and over <laughs> again in high school too. Oh, we just had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but that was where I then felt alive again. And yeah. it was in God's presence. So regardless of where you are, I think that's my encouragement is that in his presence, there will always be life. There will always be that spark because he's never dull and he never, he can always cut through the numbness. Yeah. I think um, we should probably talk about this in a couple episodes because this has turned into something that I didn't expect. But what I wanted to say based on what you just were talking about um like feeling alive you hit on this really really powerfully feeling alive doesn't mean feeling good yeah feeling alive and feeling good have become so synonymous i feel like in our culture and even in the church where if i don't feel good then that's a reason to shut down but what you just said was so powerful was your roots went down deep in your relationship with the Lord in those times of pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just so important for us to recognize. Um, In my book, I talk about that a little bit, about how David was so feely. Like, (laughs) David in the Psalms lamented before the Lord so many times, where he would just say, God, this is happening to me. I don't know why this is happening to me. How can you let this happen to me? He was so honest, brutally honest with God. But yet he would always close off those psalms with, 
and yet I will praise you. I believe in who you are. Um, I should probably find one of those psalms right now while we're talking. I know they're in my manuscript. I wrote a whole section on this, um, the importance of pouring out your heart to God, the importance of lament. Um, it's beautiful yeah. like to be able to have the kind of relationship with anyone, but especially with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where you're not afraid to say, hey, I'm in pain here. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what you're doing. This morning I was reading about um, Lazarus in John chapter 11, I believe, and how Martha and Mary, they were just devastated. And they basically said, Jesus, why did you let this happen? But we know that you can do anything. And Jesus, his heart broke over that. And they weren't afraid to come to him. These women just had the most intimate relationship with Jesus. And they were very, very clear about how they felt about the situation. To the point where Mary's heartache broke Jesus' heart and he wept. He knew it was going to happen, but he still wept. And in the end, we all know what happened. He came and he resurrected Lazarus. And that's who our Jesus is. Like, We just need to trust him with every single area of our life even those things that seem like they've died he can resurrect them yeah but he's not afraid of our pain in fact he wants to be welcomed into our pain and when we welcome him into our pain that's where we really grow an intimate deep relationship with him right and I, i think it's worth saying again what you hinted at before that it's not just feeling good because that's that's an easy mistake to slip into um, when you start to feel the numbness creeping in or, mm-hmm. you know, dissatisfaction with your your plot in life is... Your plot. You, <laughs> your plot, your lot. <laughs> um, you start to medicate. Yeah. Right. And you try to make... You go for the next big thrill or it's, it's the sin and you got to go a step further and a step further. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that is that you, you medicate with... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's the opposite approach and, um, just, and maybe even more so dangerous uh, as just wallowing in the numbness or, or despair. And so I think we should talk about this again in the next episode and and dig into, okay, what's the hope in the word? What's the hope in the Bible that, that guides us as a light through this? Let's definitely talk about this next time. I'm excited. All right. Let's do it. Great. Talk to you later, guys. Um, make sure you go check out gabiruth.com, G-A-B-I-R-U-T-H.com for some blogs, um, past podcast episodes. We'd really like to get your feedback. Leave comments here on iTunes about our podcast. And we just look forward to creating this streaming community with you. See you next time. Bye.